You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. Jesus Christ, if your heart is hard, it gets a little harder to accept. You've said no so many times, it's almost an automatic response. No, I don't want it. Don't come to my door. You revise in a rebellion, and you become vehemently opposed to it. Almost like your quest, I'm not going to do it. You're close to the unpardonable sin. We don't know where that point is. Only you and God know where that point is. As Pastor Dave continues his teaching series through the Gospel of John, he'll be challenging you to remain humble. The Bible says that God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. Don't allow pride and sin to corrupt you from within and cause you to drift away from the Lord. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of John chapter 12 as he continues his message, Who Has Believed Our Report? read in Matthew 12 that Jesus brought a man to them who was possessed with the devil. He was blind and he was mute. And Jesus healed them of both of those things when he spoke. Many people started to believe that it was the Messiah, but the Pharisees jumped in and said, no, no, no. He's doing this because he's the devil. He's doing this because he's the devil. And you've got to watch out. Jesus warned them that you're approaching a point of committing a sin which there's no forgiveness. You're coming close to committing a sin which there is no forgiveness. There is a sin that there is no forgiveness. One sin and one sin only. It's called the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. It's not accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. It's not accepting Him. All other sins can be forgiven according to the Bible except that one sin. The sin for which there is no forgiveness is total rejection of Jesus Christ as Savior. He is the only provision God has made for us and our sin. To reject him means you're going to assume the responsibility for your own sin. You're going to stand before God. You're going to stand before God and say, I take full responsibility. Let me know how that works out for you. Let me know when you stand before God and take responsibility for your own sin. And you can only reject him so much. And unfortunately, God will one day shut the door on that to where you could not believe. How about the days of Noah? Noah preached the gospel. Rain was coming in a place where it never rained. He was building a boat where there was no water. He was telling them that God's judgment was coming upon them for 100 years. 100 years. And then all of a sudden, God put him in the ark. And God closed the door. And it was over. Eight of them were saved. Eight were saved. God told Noah, the spirit will not always strive with man. The spirit's not always going to strive with man. The day would come when God could no longer strive with man. He gathered Noah, his sons, Noah's wife, his sons and their wives, and brought them into the ark, and he closed the door. If God's Spirit is still tugging at your heart today to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, be ever thankful. 
Be ever thankful that you're being convicted. Be ever, ever thankful. But also take care that if you've not made a decision, do not put it off any longer because this could be the last time that God is calling you into repentance. It could be the last time that God is calling you repentance. Your heart could grow stone cold against the things of God and even before tomorrow morning. Therefore, you could not believe. Your eyes would be blinded to the truth because you completely disregard God. And the progression continues. The progression now continues. They would not believe, they could not believe, and now they cannot believe. They cannot believe. And John pushes this explanation a little further. Look at verse 40. Again, quoting from Isaiah, he has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts, lest they could see with their eyes, lest they could understand with their hearts and turn so that I would heal them. Now he's speaking from Isaiah 6, verse 10. This is the case of God confining the, confirming the position that a person already took. I'll give you an example. You know the plagues in the Old Testament. You know the story of Moses going to Pharaoh. You know how Pharaoh continually turned down Moses? Well, it says that Pharaoh hardened his heart. It said that Pharaoh hardened his heart against the Lord. And then it said that God hardened Pharaoh's heart. So it was a progression there too. Pharaoh would not believe. Pharaoh could not believe. And then God made it so he could not and will not believe. He hardened his heart. What the word means is God strengthening the position of Pharaoh in his heart. Because Pharaoh continued to make the decision that he wouldn't believe and let his people go. God firmed up that position in Pharaoh's heart. If you continually to close your eyes to the truth of Jesus Christ, there will come a day when God will confirm the, that position in your heart and you cannot see the truth. If you continually to harden your heart against Jesus Christ, there will come a day when God will make your heart stiff in the position that is in. You will not be able to see, you will not be able to believe or understand the things of God. It's an interesting progression that John makes here. An interesting progression that John points out here from would not to could not to cannot. When a person starts to resist the light of Jesus Christ, something begins to change in them, and they eventually come to a place where they cannot believe. Does anybody know what this is called? It's called judicial blindness. It's judicial blindness. In other words, God permits a blindness to come over the eyes of the people who don't take the truth seriously. It's a serious thing to treat God's truth lightly. And a person could miss out on the opportunity for eternal life. This, too, is a matter of life and death. This, too, is a matter of life and death. Reading from Isaiah 55, 6, the prophet says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. There may not be another opportunity. Jesus clearly told these men, I'm not going to be around much longer. Time's running out. You need to make a decision. Remember what I said last week? We now live in what is known as the age of grace. The dispensation of grace, if you want to call it that. It started when Jesus ascended to heaven, and it will run until Jesus comes and meets us in the air in what we call the rapture of the church. Having a hard time with the rapture of the church? Then please, for me, later on, read 1 Corinthians 50 through 58. Read 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18, and reconcile what's being said there about the rapture of the church. Those who believe in Jesus Christ, 
being caught up into the air and meet Jesus in the air. This is not his second coming. This is different than his second coming. Read those verses. Read those verses. Right now, you're able to come to Jesus Christ on your own. You're able to come to Jesus Christ and be saved. You get tugged by the Holy Spirit. You get convicted. You can confess your sins and come to Jesus Christ. You can come to him now. But the age of grace will not last long. It's narrowing down even as we speak. Take a look at the world around us. Take a look what's happening in the United States itself. How much more will God strive with man simply by killing millions of babies every year? How longer will God strive with man? How much longer? We don't know. We don't know. The age of grace is fast approaching. The rapture of the church, when Jesus comes and takes his bride, his church out, is imminent. It could happen at any day. Maybe it'll happen today. Maybe it'll happen in five seconds from now. But sadly, the same progression that we saw in Jesus' day takes place today. There are those who don't want to believe. There are those who are the would nots. They're standing firm on their choice, so they become the could nots. And should they not believe and stand in that choice forever, they're going to become the cannots. We see it every day. You talk to somebody about that, I've heard that before. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that before. No, you know, well, their heart grows harder and harder every time they hear it. Their heart grows harder and harder every single time they hear it. And this is extremely dangerous days to be. As I told you in Matthew 12, in Matthew 12, verses 31 and 32, Jesus is speaking to them. He says, therefore I say to you, every sin... And blasphemy will forgive men, but the blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven. Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man, it will be forgiven him. But whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven him, either in this age or in the age to come. We are in that age to come, folks. We are in that age to come. The Holy Spirit is in the world to convict the world of sin righteousness and judgment, and as he convicts the world, you, he pulls you and draws you to the magnetic field of the cross, and it draws you in, and you see your sin, you see the reason for your sin, you see a way out, you see Jesus Christ as your Savior, and you confess, and you're saved. You're born again. But every time you see that, and you reject, every time you see that, and you pull back, every time you see that, and go, I'm not ready right now, I'll get it when I'm ready, I'll get it later, I'll do this, do that, your heart becomes harder and harder and harder. Your eyes become more and more blinded, and you will not be able to see the truth. And eventually, you fall into that category where you cannot see the truth. It's almost impossible for you to see the truth. And that's why they say that it's harder for a, peop a person who is higher in age to be saved because you've had all that time to harden your heart against the things of God. Unpardonable sin. Every time you hear about Jesus Christ, if your heart is hard, it gets a little harder to accept. You've said no so many times, it's almost an automatic response. No, I don't want it. Don't come to my door. You're revising a rebellion, and you become vehemently opposed to it. It's almost like your quest, I'm not going to do it. You're close to the unpardonable sin.
We don't know where that point is. Only you and God know where that point is. Therefore, they could not believe. But praise God, even he had a plan for this. Their unbelief was to our benefit. The unbelief of the Jews was to our benefit because then God turned to us to make them jealous. Look at Romans 10. Romans 10, verse 19 says, but I say, did Israel not know? First Moses say, I will provoke you to jealousy by those who are not a nation. I will move you to anger by a foolish nation. They're going to be provoked to jealousy when they didn't accept Jesus Christ as their Savior. And God knew they weren't going to accept. God knew it all along. It was him who was prophesying to Isaiah. He turned to the Gentiles. That's us. Praise God. Praise God he had a plan that we would come in. Why? It wasn't, again, plan B or C. You go back and look through the scriptures, Israel was supposed to be a light to the world. Israel was supposed to be a light to the world and show people their relationship to God, and they were supposed to bring people in to that relationship with God, all people. But they got haughty. They thought that they had something that was esoteric, which meant secluded only. They could only have. They thought that they were the only ones that had to have this, and you couldn't have this unless you were Jewish. You couldn't have this unless you became Jewish. And they thought that. God hardened their hearts. God blinded their eyes so that you and I could have salvation through Jesus Christ. He came to a nation that was far away. He came to a people that were not his own. He came to those who were struggling in the world. And it was his plan all along. Or else, why does it say, for God so loved the world? God told Israel that he would want it to bring them close, to bring the, Jew, bring the Gentiles close to make themselves. And nothing made the Jews more jealous than Gentiles having the same right and privileges as they did. That really gets them angry. That really makes them mad. It was foretold. It didn't surprise God or the prophets when they didn't accept. So the Jew will seek after God through Jesus Christ. And when they see the way in which God has blessed the Christian, they want it too. They want to come for that love. God will deal with the nation Israel. God still has a seven-year period which he's going to deal with the nation Israel. It's called the Great Tribulation. It's called the Tribulation period after the rapture of the church. God will deal specifically with Israel. John finishes his clarity here. He finishes his explanation in verse 41, back in John's gospel, when he says, These things Isaiah said when he saw his glory and spoke of him. Remember in chapter 6, verse 1, Isaiah shouts, I saw the Lord seated on the throne train of his robe, build the temple with glory. According to John, he was talking about Jesus Christ. Now, I was reading one of the commentaries, and it made a great point. It said that every denomination in the world, including the Jehovah Witnesses, believed that this passage in Isaiah 6, verse 1, is talking about Jehovah God. It's talking about God. But John says it's talking about Jesus. There is a clear example of the deity of Christ. A clear example of who Jesus is. God incarnate. Jesus is God. If you can't reconcile that, you're going to have a major problem. 
can't reconcile that God came to earth in the form of a man, Jesus Christ. He was all man and all God. I don't know how it works. God does. That's all that matters. If you say he was 100% man and 100% God, that makes him 200%. Well, he could have been. He's God. He can do anything he wants. God had a plan. God had a plan to draw him in. Isaiah saw Jesus on the throne. The train of his robe filled the temple with glory. What a beautiful sight. What was interesting is that Isaiah had been sent by God to prophesy against Israel during the declining days of the kingdom. And he had told them that, Isaiah, go preach to these guys. Oh, wait a minute. They're not going to hear you, but go and preach to them anyhow. Go preach to them. They're not going to listen to the words you said. And John uses this passage as a parallel to Jesus Christ and the unbelief he saw. John says, Isaiah saw the glory of Christ. Isaiah saw him. It's interesting that everyone agrees with this. Then if you complete the discussion even further on unbelief, if you look at 42, it says, many of the rulers believed in Jesus Christ. But once again, they were afraid to confess him because of the Pharisees. They were afraid to confess them before the Pharisees. And this is a scary point, folks. Jesus himself says, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before the Father. But if you deny me before men, I'll deny you before the Father. So these guys wanted to, wanted to believe in Jesus, but they didn't know out loud because they were afraid of what man would think. See, a disciple of Jesus, someone who professes Jesus, must do it publicly. Must do it publicly before men. If we will not be public about our allegiance to Jesus Christ, we cannot expect him to be public about his allegiance to us. There's no such thing as a secret Christian. I believe in God, but Christianity is a personal thing, you know. It's just something that I just believe in. Hogwash! It's not just something that you believe in. You should be able to profess it before men and women. You should be professing for everybody. You should be able to shout from the rooftops, Jesus is Lord. To all who will hear. That's the evidence. If you can't, look within. Look within. Each individual Christian life should have enough evidence to prove you as a Christian. You've heard the old term, if you're on trial for being a Christian, is there enough evidence to convict you? I didn't know you were a Christian. Why not? Well, you never said anything. Okay. So the world that day, the world in Jesus' day that we see here was divided into two camps. Those who believed and those who did not believe. The incredible thing is, camps haven't changed. Even today, you have those who believe and those who do not believe. You have those who are believers and non-believers. People who have hope and people who have no hope, people who have life, and people who have death, people whose destiny is heaven, and I'm going to say it, people whose destiny is hell. Two camps. I love what we sang today about the wondrous cross. I love what we sang today about the wondrous cross, and there's a line in there, if I may, Mark. I want to make sure I get it right. Don't mean to mess your pages up, sorry. Here it is. I love this verse. 
I, I just love this verse. And I was standing back there praying, and when Mark was doing this verse, and it struck me, I went, wow, here it is. Love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. I love that. Isn't that a great verse? It's demanded of you, my life, my soul, my all. This love so amazing on the cross of Jesus Christ, this love so amazing that was demonstrated on the cross, demands my all, demands my soul, demands my life. And I give my life to him freely. I give everything I am to him freely. I give my soul to him freely. And he caretakes it. He takes it in. And he says, I got you. And nothing can take you out of my hand. And nothing can separate you from that love. And I got you now. And you're mine. It's a demand. But yet, some people look at that and they just see two pieces of wood stuck together. Some people look at that and they just see two pieces of wood stuck together. And I think that's a sad thing. That's a sad thing. Look at that. What Jesus did for us. And they have no recollection of what he did. And it's sad. And the more they look at the cross and the more they see nothing, the harder their heart gets. And they go from would not believing to could not believing to cannot believe. And woe to anyone in this room when there would come a time when you cannot believe. My heart breaks to think that someone in this room, someone in this room would get to that point. Oh, my heart breaks for that. My heart is in turmoil because someone in this room might get to that point where you cannot believe. Think you're doing everything right. Think you've got everything under control. I go to church on Sunday. I read my word every day. You know, I tell people about Jesus. I'm doing this. I'm doing everything great. And then you hear those words. Depart from me. I never knew you. Oh. Crushes my heart to think that somebody in here might be in that category. It crushes my heart to think that someone in here might just be that person. Oh. And it drives me to my knees. It drives me to my knees when I think about that. I think about my children. And I think about your children. I think about the prodigals, our loved ones, our friends. And they might be in that category. You think, oh, Lord, please don't let that happen. Don't let that happen. So where are you today? Where are you today? Where do you stand on this? Are you a true believer? Or you could be a would not. Might be a could not. Please don't be a cannot. Please don't let that go that far. You are Our time with you is coming to an end today on A Sure Hope. On our next edition, Pastor Dave Shank will continue this journey through the book of John. But for now, you can listen to more teachings from this series online at assurehoperadio.com. 
We encourage you to download these messages so that they are available wherever you go. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Just search for A Sure Hope and see the latest editions as soon as they're posted. If you're enjoying these teachings and would like to get more involved with the church behind this ministry, we'd love to meet you at Calvary Chapel Cape May for a time of worship and Bible study. We meet weekly on Sundays at 10 a.m. Give us a call for more information. Our number is 609-884-5821. Again, that's 609-884-5821. Otherwise, you can visit Assure Hope Radio for times and directions. If you're not able to join us in person, we're streaming our services on Facebook Live. Just look for the link on our website at assurehoperadio.com. Thanks for listening to today's message in the book of John. We pray you continue to be blessed as you study the Word and that you discover how God's doing great things in your life. We look forward to you joining us again as Pastor Dave has more to share from this book that entails where Jesus walked and the amazing wonders he performed while here on earth. He's still doing wonders today too. Come hear about that next time on A Sure Hope.